I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 27. I'm going to read it from two different translations this morning. Psalm 27 in the King James Version reads this way. The Lord, say the Lord, Lord. is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the light, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I, say, be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not, say, fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He has set me upon a rock and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle the sacrifice of joy. I will sing, yea, I will praise unto the Lord and he will hear my cry and hear my voice. Listen. Here's what the Lord said to me. Have no fear. Jesus is here. (laughs) Have no fear. Jesus is here. I find in my life and in the lives of those that I minister to more more than anything that I can think of that cripples people. It it, it cripples them in moving forward in relationships. As they look at what they're going to do, they'll even choose to live in a a sinful lifestyle because of the word fear. Afraid of what the future may hold. If I decide to make a, a relationship or to marry this individual or to maybe even maybe for instance there might be a challenge within a marriage and somebody in that marriage may be sitting there and, in, and it may be even be a horrible marriage and, and, and there may be even abuse within the marriage you know not all abuse is physical as a matter of fact the worst abuse isn't physical at all the worst abuse is that which happens mentally it's that which happens to you on a, uh, 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 a personal level. Words, somebody said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That was the biggest lie that's ever been told in the history of mankind. The single most hurtful and harmful thing that happens to us are the words that say, I'd rather you break my bones. I'll get over that. That can mend. That can heal. I can leave. The pain will go away. But when somebody talks about you and tears you down and speaks negatively about you, and if it's in the home with the most private people you know, the one the most secure in your life, sitting in the midst of that house, the one that you need the most trust out of, has violated your trust. 
the one that you counted on never to have the affair, did it anyway and violated your trust. Those things are hurts. Those are the real things we deal with. And as we move forward in life, some of us, some of us, and I think all of us, would rather sometimes stick with something that we know, even if it was bad, even if it was wrong, because of the fear of what might be there that we don't know. People don't get married today. They're afraid. I can't marry them because I don't know what this is going to be. I can't leave them because I don't know what's going to happen out there. And the bottom line to all of it, we go forward in business. We're afraid to, to, to sign up for college because we don't know. They're, they're afraid to go get the FAFSA because they don't know. People won't even run their credit score because they're afraid of what they might see at the, as the result. You know, I said, well, what's your credit score? Well, I don't know. I mean, sitting, sitting in this room are people that don't know, and, it's, and they would rather live in, in, in a lack of knowledge, live in, in, in the fear of the unknown than, than to go forward because fear has crippled them and crippled their futures. They won't go in the, in, in do the things that God has called them to do, to do. With a church, even within this church, people make decisions based on fear all the time. But the Bible is clear. He tells us in this scripture, we are not to fear. That God wants us delivered from fear. Your business decisions don't need to be based on fear. Your, your decisions for your life don't need to be based on fear. They don't need, we don't need to be afraid of an arrow that flies by night. We don't need to be afraid of what's gonna happen if we lose our, our loved one. We don't need to be in fear. I've lost two family members of mine. And I found out, I don't know if this, this sometimes we don't realize this, and it, and it may even seem harmful at the moment when I talk about it. But did you know life didn't stop? I think I might have would have liked it to. I, I, I mean, I wanted, I, I just felt like everybody should have stopped, cars should have stopped running. Planes should have stopped flying. Don't you know my mom went to be with the Lord? Don't you realize churches should have stopped having services? Everything. But you know not one of those things stopped. Dinners didn't stop. Nobody stopped going to Ryan's or Golden Corral. As a matter of fact, my body didn't even stop wanting to go to Ryan's. It, life went on. It kept going. And if you live in the constant fear of what is on the other side of the door, what is beyond what you cannot see, then you will be crippled for your life. Your life will continue. And it can be all kinds of different areas. Some people move forward in, in education. They have no problem with that. They're not afraid of that. They, they know something about that. They've touched on that. And so going on for their masters or going on for their bachelors or going on for the doctorate or even second doctorates or whatever it may be, they've got no fear of that. No fear at all. But you couldn't get them to start a business even if God himself stood in front of them and said you should start a business. Does anybody in here know what I'm talking about? If you stop for just a moment and started thinking about your life, I want you to think about the choices that you've made and the choices that you have not made in your life and think about how fear has had some part to play in those choices. You won't move forward because you don't know. 
because you, you're not clear as to what it's supposed to be. People, people live, I, I, I remember one time I went to somebody and you know there are people that have a fear of failure. That if they started something that they're afraid that, that, that if they stepped into it that they would fail at it. They would fail. I went to somebody one time and I said, you know, this is the truth. I said, I have a fear of success. And they laughed. Fear of what? <laughs> of success. See, I was afraid if I was successful, I might not serve the Lord. Now, that may sound crazy to some, but I was afraid that if I got accumulation of wealth and God blessed me, that I might somehow lose my salvation and go towards the things. I mean, that may not seem like anything to you. What is it in you that is a fear of your life? What, do you, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid? Are you afraid that you're going to be alone? Are you afraid that you're not going to be loved? Are you afraid that the future can't be bright for you? That, are you afraid that the, God, uh, that, that the money won't be there? Are you? As I began to think about the, the fears that were there, I, I, I was awakened. I had the most incredible night last night. I just did. I, I've just been spending time with the Lord in the presence of the Lord. And I realized that every one of us have things around. I think about Job. Job had a condition in his life. The Bible tells us in the book of Job that Job said these words. That which I fear the most has come upon me. I don't know if you realize how significant that is and how significant that statement in the Bible is because fear is something that can bring into our lives an opposite or the difference of what God wants in our life. And so God didn't ever want Job's children to die. God never wanted Job to lose his wealth or his finances or his blessing. God had no desire for any of those things. But yet he continued to say, Job continued to say, that which I feared the most. How many understand when somebody says they feared it the most, do you understand that fear can bring you into the promise you believe? I don't know if you get what I just said. Because Job's experience was exactly what he feared the most. He brought himself into the loss of children. He brought himself into a change, into his life. He brought into his life the things that destroyed his wealth and all of his blessing. Folks, fear, the Bible says, has torment. Fear is a tormenting thing when you walk into conditions or you move forward. I'm afraid to go because I don't know how I'm going to do on tests. I'm afraid uh, to, to, you know, people will, my, my, my mother-in-law, I love her, just really do. I mean, she's a unique individual. You know, she won't make a left turn. No, I mean it. She will not make a left-hand turn. I've watched her go around the block two or three times. She'll only make a right. Like there's more danger in the left than the right. People can hit you just as well, hit turning right as they can left. She will only turn right. You know, Brother Greg, I love him. He will not eat fish. Where are you, Brother Greg? I don't mind. You don't mind. I got to tell this story. You don't mind. He told me something. I know as I'm violating a confidence and a trust, and he's, I'm going to do it anyway. But anyway, <laughs> you know he will not eat fish. And I'm not doing this so you'll eat fish tomorrow. But he won't, you know why he won't eat fish? You don't mind me telling this story. 
because there might be a bone in it. Don't be embarrassed, Greg. I have a lot of those myself. We make decisions in our life, and we miss out on things, and you are missing out on fish. You miss it. You know, my wife will not eat fish. You know why my wife won't eat fish? Because when she was a kid, all she had was fish sticks. Has anybody ever ate a fish stick? I can understand why she won't eat a fish. You know, them fish sticks, you know what I'm talking about. When you're kids, you feed your fish sticks to your kids because they don't have no taste buds. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? She will not eat fish. She refuses. She will not eat fish. And I try to tell her, I mean, I've had some, I went down to the, uh, you know, that, that sea captain's down at the beach. Anybody ever been to sea captain's at the beach? I'm taking a nice little place down there right off the beach, and you look at the beach, and all, it's all beautiful. And it's a local restaurant. When you go down there, it's not a bunch of tourists. You go eat the fish, and they got some good fish. And they, oh, it is. I'm telling you, they got some, oh, it is. Y'all know, look at me. You can tell I know good food. There is no doubt that I know good food. No doubt. You don't even have to wonder about that. Trust me, I know good food. And the sea captain had some great, I ate some grouper and some flounder there that just, I mean, succulent. Now, don't get hungry yet. Church didn't know. I see mouths starting to water and drool. Don't do that yet. Dinner's coming. You're not going to miss dinner, I promise. But I, I, I mean, I mean, and I just wanted her to try, Amy, try this. Just try, oh, no, I'm not doing that now. I mean, my wife is a chicken person. If it's got any kind of chicken, 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 I've lived on chicken. Let me tell you, she, she's the perfect pastor's wife. Because that's all pastors get is chicken. Anywhere we go, that's what we get is chicken. We go to somebody's house, we're going to get chicken. I don't care what it is. I just realized that preachers are made of chicken. And then if they ask you what it tastes like, just say chicken. It's bad. What that tastes like, Chicken. But we'll miss out on some of the greatest parts of our life. We miss out on so many wonderful things. We are afraid. We're afraid that if I leave this job, there won't be another one. Or if I take that promotion, what will that mean? Or if they fire me, I'm not going to be all right. And see, and as I was last night spending time with the Lord and just thinking about my relationship with God and it's just been a good week in the Lord, just spending time with God. I think, let me just give you a for instance of one of the things that happened this week. You know, we, we, we right along have to take statements to the bank and different things. We're moving on properties in different ways and buying new facilities and making decisions about things that we're doing. I mean, the church is growing such. You can look at it today and see we've had the best. We had the best year ever. We were 6% above any year in the past financially ever. Listen, if I was going to choose a church, I'd choose one that was successful. I'd choose one that was going somewhere, that did something with my money, and the preacher just didn't live in, you know, uh, ultimate, you know, I don't have no Rolexes and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, I ain't even got no furniture. I got, my wife and I built a house with kids in it. All we got is enough for them to tear up. You know what I'm talking about? And then I got two dogs, and I mean, that's the trouble itself, isn't it? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Animals, they're just dangerous in the house. You know what I'm saying? They ought to live outside. Do you know what I mean? But I got kids. They don't live outside with kids. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so anyway, I mean, you know, I mean, look at what God's doing with the church. But I went to the bank. And I took the finances and all the financials and the budget, this year's budget, to the, to the bank. And I sat down with a banker Friday. And just to talk to him about a, a property we're looking at right now and some of the things we have optionally to do with that property. 
as we move forward. Now, obviously, this wall, look, we, we have no room. A church will only go 74.6. Last week, we had standing room only, seats everywhere, people everywhere. Over 1,000 people were in this building, just this building. And so when, that, when this is all done and that wall comes out, next week the floor goes in and three or more, four more courses of brick go up, the floor and all that. The, by the end of the month, the roof will be on, the floor will be poured, the bathrooms will be done, and we'll be ready to do all the interior work. But that wall's got to come out. We've got to put more seats in so more people can come. So I'm sitting down with the bank, and the banker looks at me and says, I called, I guess they call up to the main office, wherever that's at, and they have a, 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 an analyst that looks over your books. And this analyst said he had never, this is the truth, he had never had a church, never had a church present him with books so well done and so meticulously cared for. That's what he said. He said, we have never received an application this well done, never. What is that saying? It's wonderful. I thought, well, praise the Lord. Then he said this, as I showed him the financial growth and the growth curve financially of the church in graphic form. You know, we do all that. And so I had the graph of the church growth and it was constant, just constant growth. He looked at me and he said, Pastor Steve, you are the only church that we have had come through this year that has seen the kind of growth you've seen. He said, we, don't, we rarely see any growth at all. Usually, we're seeing churches that are going down. But your church is going up. And to see your church finance, he said, everything we need for you to process any loan with us, you have it. You meet every criteria and above. Praise God. Praise God. But see, I remember the day, y'all look, listen, listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. I remember my wife saying, Steve, will you go to the bank? Early on, we had the church and I was doing all that, putting the numbers together. We got with accountants and I just didn't have a confidence about the finances of the church. And I was afraid to go to the bank. I don't know why. I can't even explain it. We were two or three years in and we needed to move into this building and move into a different space. And I needed to look at, I was looking for every kind of avenue to get out of having to go to the bank. I looked at everything. I mean, how can I get somebody to finance it? What can I do tax-wise? I did everything. And my wife would say to me, Steve, will you, just, will you just take the books and go to the bank? Now, I know that makes no sense to anybody else in this room. I don't even know why I was afraid. I have absolutely no idea. Finally, I remember going to BB&T Bank. In 2005, we started in 2000. For five years, I refused to take the books to the bank. Afraid. I don't know why. I don't even know why. I can't even explain it. Is there any reason, and think about your life, are there things you won't do and you don't even know why? I mean, you don't even know why. If somebody asks you, why won't you do it? I don't know. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Because there's a fear that has you crippled and your future is stagnant and you can't move forward because of fear. You are afraid. You are in fear of what's coming. So finally in 2005, I decided I'm going to the bank and I loaded up all the stuff that I had. 
And when I sat down with the banker, he gave me the money and signed it over that day for this building. It was an amazing thing. And I thought, what in the world have I been afraid of? Has anybody been there but me? Where you wondered why in the world, what was I afraid of? You're afraid to say something to a family member because they might reject you. Pastors are afraid to preach to their church because somebody might reject them. What is it that holds us up? Fear hath torment. Now, let me read this to you. I love this. Just I want you to think about it. See, what we don't realize, folks, I want you to look at somebody and say this. The war is already won. Now, what did I mean by that? No matter what you're going to face in life, let me give you a scripture. Greater is he. Somebody ought to shout right now. Somebody ought to Greater is he that is, don't you know? Don't you know? Greater is he. There is not a condition you're going to face. There is not a challenge coming your way. There is not a fight on the horizon that the greater one living on the inside of you hadn't already got it worked out, hadn't already got an answer, because greater is he that is Don't you know that no matter what weapon? Fear, fear comes in and tells us that the weapon formed is going to prosper. But the Bible said that no matter what weapon is formed against you, it shall not. Look at somebody say, it won't work. Yeah, you didn't say that like you meant it. You didn't say it like you really meant it. I want you to shout that out. It won't work. It won't work. I, I come to realize something. You know, fear will come now. It does like it does to everybody. But I, but, but I realize the steps of a righteous man, a good man. They're ordered of the Lord. And he's going to uphold me with his hand. His ear is not deaf that he cannot hear me. His hand is not short that he cannot help me. I don't know if you're getting what I'm talking about. Listen to the message translation. Light, space, zest. That's God. So with him on my side, I'm fearless. Afraid of no one and nothing. When vandals and hordes ride down ready to eat me alive, those bullies and tough fall flat on their faces. Don't you get it? I mean, what do you really have to be afraid of? When besieged, I'm calm as a baby. <laughs> Calm as a baby. Somebody look at you. Don't you know your mama's sick? Don't you know? See the greater one. I know him. I, I, I know what you're saying, but I also know what God said. 
Don't you get it? I know what God said. I'm calm as a baby. When all hell breaks loose, let me say, I like saying that in church. When all hell breaks loose. That's scripture. I didn't just say a cuss word. Felt good saying it, though. I got to be honest with you. When all hell breaks loose, I am cool, calm, and collected, baby. I said, well, he cussed in church. No, I read the word. I read the word. That's what you do next time you're having a fight. Just break out the word and read it. With all hell. <laughs> I'm asking God for one thing and only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life. I am complete in his beauty. I study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in the noisy world that I live in. The perfect getaway, far from the buzz of the traffic. God holds my head and my shoulders above all who try to pull me down. Somebody trying to pull you down? Let me tell you something, God holds you up. No, you don't get it. If somebody's trying to pull you down, God is holding you up. Not just, not just your job, not just the attorney, not a doctor, God. No, 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 no. I'm talking about God. I'm, ta I'm talking about God is holding you up. God. Do you really think you can hit the bottom if God's hand is underneath you? I may go down a little. I might get a little low, but there's a foundation. It's God's hand sitting there. When I hit the bottom, God! Oh! I'm going to land. Think about what I'm saying. When I, when I fall off the ledge, when I, when I go, to, I'm going to land in God's hand. Man. I can't help it. I can't, I just can't help it, y'all. I start to preaching this stuff, and I know I start off real soft and gentle, and I try to be all methodical and theological, but then all of a sudden I start thinking about, when I think of his goodness, and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, and how he set me free, oh, I wanna shout, shout, And what he's done for me, 
city. And then he was told, if you turn around and look back, you're going to turn to a pillar of salt. Lot left with his family and they headed on down the road. And his wife decided to look back. Now, I've heard a lot of stories. I've heard a lot of preaching on this. But as I thought about this, I determined two things. One, she was afraid of what she didn't know was out there. Where are we going? Where are we headed? I don't know where we're going. I, as bad as that city was, the reason she looked back was, yes, I know the longings and all that stuff, but I believe that fear had her look back. People get afraid of where you're going. You know, you tell your wife, uh, baby, the Lord told me. She's like, what? Do what? Churches get disturbed by what's ahead. What, where are you leading us? Where are we going? What do you think it was like when Abraham came to his family? I'm going to a city I don't know where. I don't know where that's at. You see, fear causes us to do this. It causes us to say, I know this. I can hold this as stable. But see, the problem with that is, is we have, and, and this is what the Lord, as I got up this morning, y'all, I got up this morning and I started writing stuff down on my pad. It was in a dream. And I started writing stuff. This, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. I, and I, I had never heard anybody say it before. Some of it was coming so fast I couldn't write it down. I mean, just the Holy Ghost came in my, in my, in my sleep. So it was amazing. But, but uh, this was a thought that I had. Fear is the belief in the sense realm. And fear believes in the known outcome. Fear believes in the known outcome. I'm going to flip this in a minute, but listen. Faith is the belief in the spirit realm. And believes in, an, in the outcome of the word. See, we have a natural outcome. We have a sense of natural outcome. In fear, we want to hold on to a natural outcome, a safety valve. I know I can pay my bills here. I know the outcome if I'm here. You understand? 
And I also know the natural outcome if I step beyond that. If I, if I think bigger or further than where I'm at right now. If I make the move in the direction that I uh, to leave him or to marry him or, 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 or to job change. See, I don't know. Or I might even know in the natural a, positive, a, a, a potential outcome of that decision. I might know how hard it would be to do the education. I might know, you understand, I know those things. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? I mean, one of the things that's hard to deal with is rejection. I know why I didn't go to the bank. I was afraid I was going to get rejected. What did I tell the church if they say no? That's a plausible outcome to the sense realm. If I present things in the, in the sense realm, fear, false evidence appearing real, the sense realm. Now, he said everything here is temporal. But faith is in an unknown because the Bible says it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of something that I cannot see. So it's something that I can't see. It's not in the sense realm. It's in the spirit realm. But it has a word outcome. Now let me flip it. Let me help you see what I'm trying to say. Faith believes in the unseen and is confident with confident expectation in a known outcome. Real faith knows you have it when you ask for it. Real faith knows the word of God. If God said, my God shall supply, oh, that is a known. Now, doesn't the Bible say that? I'm just asking. Doesn't it say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? That is a known outcome. It's a word from God. He'll strengthen me. He will secure me. He'll help me. I mean, I could just go on and on and read you the outcome potential of the word of God. What it says, blessed shall he be in the city. Blessed shall he be in the field. Blessed when he comes in. Blessed when he goes out. He'll be the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. Above only, the Bible said. A known outcome. It is not a scene. It is an unseen, known outcome. That's faith. Now, what is fear? Let me read to you this. Fear, it believes in the seen and an uncertain outcome. Faith believes in the unseen with a certain outcome. Fear believes in the scene with an uncertain. Jesus said, by his stripes, that's a certain outcome. I'm healed. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I may have the scene. It's an uncertain outcome. I don't know what the outcome of that is. I see the bells and whistles. But if I rely on the unseen, then I have a certain. See, even though my mom went to be with the Lord, do you know I have a certain outcome? 
Don't nobody just pick that up. Didn't nobody pick that up? Didn't nobody pick that up? See, that's why we don't grieve as those who have no hope. That's what the difference between faith and doubt and fear is. I don't have to be afraid if I lose my loved one because I'm standing in faith. In the end, you know what? The battle is already won. Did you know God already won the war? The war is already won. I just haven't, haven't done all to stand. Whether your husband is there tomorrow or not, whether you get married or don't. I mean, you know, I would suggest if you're living with somebody and you're not, and you're not married and you're cohabitating, you know you need to get married. And trust that God is going to give you the known outcome. Why do you have to live in an uncertainty? Why do you have to be afraid that it's going to be a terrible mess? Why can't you believe that God is able to make all grace abound towards you? That you having all sufficiency in all things can abound unto every good work. And that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. That is a known outcome. I think I preached above your head right there. Or maybe I, I got you thinking. Just maybe... I've got you in another place. That's why I'm cool and collected. That's why I'm calm and uh, subdued. That's why I'm not freaking out. See, if you're freaking out, it's because you have an uncertain. You don't know. But you should know. Fear leaves you in the unknown. Faith puts you in the known. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? Now, now as I think, I've got to close here. I've got to finish. I've got to finish. I've got, got a lot more scripture I could have read to you. Let me just read a few of them. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you to be strong? and courageous don't be frightened and don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go I'm just saying Hebrews 13 6 so we have this confidence the Lord is my helper I will not fear what a man can do to me you may be able to fire me but you can't knock me out you may be able to take my job from me, but God's my income. Don't you know what I'm talking about? That's why some of you may have lost your job this week. God is your source. That job's not your source. God is your source. He's going to take care of you. The God that made the earth, the wind, the fire, the God that made the universe, he's got this whole thing. Oh, ain't nobody shouting loud enough yet. But I just read a few more scriptures, maybe help you out. Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not going to let evil dictate to my life. I'm not going to let fear determine my outcome. For he is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out every fear. For fear has to do with punishment. 
And whoever fears has not been perfect in love. God's love makes us perfect. Psalm 27, 1 of David. The Lord is my light, my salvation. We read this. Of whom shall I fear? Psalm 23, 1 through 6. says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I think I read that to you. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. And you cried, Daddy God. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, the Lord goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Don't you fear and be dismayed. Wow. Romans 8, Proverbs 14, 27. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. Psalm 83, 18, that they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. Listen, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. The steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. Now, I'm going to finish with this. Just listen. The devil's so stupid. Somebody in like, oh, I know he just didn't call the devil stupid. I ain't never been afraid of the devil, and I ain't never going to be afraid of the devil. The Bible says he's under my feet. If I want to call him stupid, I can call him stupid. Act like we can't talk, but the devil's a loser. He's been defeated. He's under my feet. We don't walk in superstition. We walk in the spirit and faith. Not some superstition. Are you going to come get you? Come on. Come on, I got something for you. I got something for you, I'm telling you right now. Come on, come on. Bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> so how do we win? How, what is it that God is telling us? First of all, we can't fear. But to not fear, we have to understand how to win the war with God. God's already won it. How do I get that victory in my life? And he says this, faith is the victory. He said that it's the victory that overcomes the world. Even my faith, faith is the victory. But I mean, it's more than that. We have to do something that allows us to win this battle, that allows us this victory. And we find this in two places. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, though I walk, 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge that's fear it casts down fear does anybody know what I'm talking about the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of God now listen to Romans chapter 8 26 through 8. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our fear. It says infirmities. That means doubts and insecurities and challenges and fear. The Spirit helps our infirmities. For when we know not what we should pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. 
And he that searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know. I'm not trusting in an uncertain thing. Let me preach over here. Maybe I get some shouting over here. And we know. Maybe right here. Maybe you get one. And we know. For I walk by faith and not by sight. And we know. What do we know? What do we know? That when we have used the weapons of the warfare that God has given us, when we have done what God told us to do, when we have worked in the spirit with God and joined in the victory that he has already won, when we join the fight that's already been fought, when we fight the good fight of faith, and I know that everything's... 